0: Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. Hey, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to John chapter 4. We're going to be in John 4 today. And I want to start with uh, a somewhat silly, maybe it's a silly introductory story a couple weeks ago, I ate a pizza. Yeah, it was good. It was a special pizza from a new place I hadn't been to before, and uh, the pizza was called the Lazza Mizza. I didn't get it at first. Mizza, pizza. Okay, so I, I we got this pizza, uh, and here's what was on it: pepperoni, ground beef, ham. Italian sausage, smoked bacon, smothered in cheese and pizza sauce. The menu actually described it as a vegetarian nightmare. (laughs) And I'll tell you, there it is. It was. It was good. And that picture does not do it justice. That meat was probably two inches thick. Okay, that's an exaggeration. But it, it felt like, it was, it was like, whoa. I took a bite into it and I went, oh, salty. <laughs> salty goodness. So I proceeded to eat four pieces at least, maybe. I don't know. I ate a whole bunch of it. And uh, enjoyed every bit of that salty goodness. Just, mmm. Fast forward to that night. I woke up at 3 a.m., and I sat up in bed, I went, oh, I'm thirsty, so thirsty. I was parched, I was so thirsty, I got up out of bed, and I was wandering around in the dark, trying to find the sink, and I found, it, I just guzzled down, like three glasses of water, just, oh, I need water, I was so, I was desperately, desperately thirsty in that moment. I don't know if I was going to be here today, like. It was, it was a real need in me, a real need. Um, so, I, I just had a thought for us today. Have you ever had a desperate need? Have you ever had a desperate, that, that water was a desperate, real need in my life. Have you ever had a desperate need? It's one of those times when you can't move forward, you can't break through, you can't, you can't get to the thing that's ahead of us. Until the necessary changes met. Some of you walked into the building, you saw the coffee cart, and you went, oh, desperate need. And you beelined for it. it. Some of you didn't even make it to the church. You, you, you had a desperate need in you, and you stopped at Starbucks, and you paid for a coffee. Because you had a desperate need. I need it before I even get to the church. I can't wait five more minutes. I can't. I got to get there. But if I can shift gears a little bit, for some of us, the need is deeper. For some of us, you, you've been hurt. Somebody said something to you or did something to you, and now there's a wound that needs to be cared for. Or, or some of us have a financial crisis happening today, and you have a need. Or maybe this morning just was a battle to get even, even just get out of bed. And you need hope. You need motivation. Now, if I can take this even another step further, I'd submit to you that our world has a deep need, spiritually. And getting this need met in our world and in our lives, it'll help with every single other area that we're thinking about. Our world is spiritually thirsty. Check this out. I looked up some statistics on American Christianity. Here's the first one. 81% of Americans believe in God, which at first glance, you're like, well, 8 out of 10? That's not, that's not that bad. But here's the thing. Since this poll was created in 1944, 81% is the lowest it's ever been. And of those 81%, just 4 in 10 believe That God hears and answers prayer. Oof. This one's a frightening one for me. Just 6% of Americans have a biblical worldview. That's like 18 of us in the room. A biblical worldview. 6% have an approach to life where God's word is the foundation for every belief and practice. As a whole, our world, our state, our communities, guys, many of our families are parched. We're desperately thirsty and we're looking for refreshment in all the wrong places, and that's out there, right? That's, what about us? Like, That's not us, is it? Well, let's make this personal, okay? Here's another question. Are there any dry areas in my life Are there any dry areas in my life? I I was thinking about this. Here's what I mean by that. Are there any areas that feel exhausting? Anything that feels hopeless, filled with fear? Is there something numb? Are you filled with anger about anything? Bitter, guilty, heartbroken, whatever it is. It's good to pause and consider these dry areas because sometimes we don't even realize that we're dry, that we're thirsty until it's too late. Are you feeling dry in any area? Spiritual thirst is a desperate experience, but there's a remedy. There's hope. Our God offers us the water we need for our thirsty souls. Here's a scripture, Isaiah 41. The poor and needy, that's us, search for water, but there is none. Here's what God says. I will make rivers flow on barren heights. I will turn the desert, the dry area, into pools of water. Psalm 23, another one. Says this, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. This is what God does. He offers relief for a thirsty soul. So, today, in every area of our lives, you guys, every area, we can know and experience that Psalm 23 reality a well watered, refreshed soul. So, hold that thought. We're in a series, we're looking at the Gospel of John, one disciple's unique perspective. And our text today comes from John chapter 4, verses 5 through 15. And at this point in Jesus' ministry, he started gathering his disciples, he's, he's moving around, he's traveling, he's teaching, performing miracles. And here he comes to a well in Samaria where he meets a woman, and she's spiritually thirsty, but she doesn't even realize it. So starting at verse 5, John chapter 4. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sikar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Bump to verse 9. The Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will, will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw Water. Now, just to finish the story here, the conversation continues and Jesus addresses her spiritual need. And she leaves that encounter talking to Jesus. She leaves that encounter refreshed and renewed. Something has changed in her. She's excited to share this new life that she's found with the Lord. And a change happened inside her soul. She wasn't spiritually thirsty anymore. And that can be our experience today so really think about that dry area in your life i want you to think like have one in mind maybe your bible time has been dry just stale recently or or your marriage covenant maybe your marriage is just withering emotionally or financially the wells aren't producing what you need does everybody have something in mind like give me a mm -hmm. all right it'll help if you have something in mind The talk today is titled, Living Water, Jesus Satisfies the Thirsty. And my hope is that the ideas that we pull from the text today, the ideas will be um, a remedy for our souls as we consider these dry areas that we might feel today, but they may also be a preventative measure for dryness we might experience later on in our lives. So let me pray, and then we'll get into it. Lord, thank you that you are our teacher You are the living water. We we ask, God, that today you would fill us up with your word. Teach us, show us who you are, and change us through this message. In Jesus' name, amen. First thought, if you have a handout, first fill in is this. The remedy for a dry life is to sit strategically. Sit strategically. If we look back at the text, there's a really noteworthy observation. It's early on, verse 6. Here's what it says. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. Sat down. Just a quick theology moment. This is crazy. It's kind of hard to wrap your mind around. Jesus, as a part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Spirit, God the Son, that's Jesus. Jesus is fully God, but... He's also fully man, fully human. I know, it's a thing. He's human, and he knew every need that you or I experience. So so Jesus knew how it felt to be hot. Like, Jesus got sweaty. Like, he, he knew how it felt to get tired, worn out. And so although he is God, Jesus in his humanity sat down by the well. He rested. He stopped. And in doing so, he he offered us a picture of healthy living. Strategic rest is a requirement. It's a requirement. And he didn't just do this the one time in his life. This was modeled throughout his life. So as a kid, Luke chapter 2. After three days, they found him, Jesus, in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers. Sitting. Another one. As an adult, Matthew 26, every day I sat in the temple courts teaching. What about now? How about today? What's Jesus doing today? He paid the price for our sins, died on the cross, raised from the dead. And now, Hebrews 10 says this. But when this priest, Jesus had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. You can write this down. Even Jesus regularly paused. Even Jesus did. Even Jesus slowed down. In his relatably full schedule, he got that. He had a full schedule. Jesus intentionally paused the action. I mean, he had plenty of work to do. The work didn't stop. He's a lot like most of us. Anybody got a full work week this coming week? Anybody else? I, I do. He had a full schedule too. People kept coming to him. They needed healing. He had teaching. to But he prioritized rest in the place where he would really find rest. This wasn't just taking a nap. Some of us are going to finish church today, go home, take the nap. It's not that. Although that's good and that's nice. It's not just going on a vacation and resting. This was an intentional slowdown in a strategic spot. Just from those previous scriptures, consider where he sat. Did you catch it? In the first two, he sat in the temple, he was in church, he was in God's house. The other one was directly next to the Father. Jesus knew that life was heavy. He knew that it was tiring, that there was burdens. Like, he sees all of our burdens. He sees all the worries that we carry. And he's filled with compassion for you, for us. Because he gets it. In his personal humanity, he felt the weight of the world on him. And this is the key. Under that weight that he felt, Jesus strategically sat over and over and over and over again. He, he sat in the place where he knew hope and life and renewal and strength could be found. He sat with God. He sat with God. And it's what he desires for us. There's a story in uh, the book of Luke about two sisters. Luke chapter 10. Mary and Martha. Some of you have heard this story before. Mary and Martha. And Jesus is going to visit with them going to see them, stay at their house for a little bit. And so there's prep work to be done, right? When you have guests, there's food to prepare, there's cleaning to do, there's just stuff. So there's busy work that Martha is running around. She's doing all this stuff, getting things ready to go so that Jesus can be served well. She's running around doing all this stuff. And Mary, she notices, is sitting strategically at Jesus' feet. Martha notices this, and she files her complaint verse 40. She says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to do something. Help me. And then Jesus gently but firmly corrects her way of thinking. 41, he says, Martha, Martha. You're worried and upset about many things. And if I can paraphrase, you're running around, you're doing all this stuff, you've got all these chores and stuff on your calendar, you've got all these things in your mind and in your life. But few things are needed. Indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Constantly running around isn't needed. If Jesus is sitting at the table, if he's sitting in the temple, if he's sitting at the well, and we're running around, we're, we're busy, caught up in all the things that we have going on in our lives, all the family stuff, all you name it. If we're running around and Jesus is sitting, we're missing it. We're missing it. And some of us are missing this. Time with Jesus should be a prioritized item on our calendars. It has to be. But instead, we're running around with a dozen kids' practices. We're going golfing. Or or maybe even it's the important things in life, like, like we've got cleaning to do at home. It's all good stuff that needs to be done as well. But if we're doing all these things, running around with all that stuff, filling up our schedules, we're neglecting. If we're neglecting the thing that matters most, We're missing it. It's not helping our souls, and it's time to try something different. It's time for us to sit down with God, to rest, clear the schedule, do what Jesus did. Interestingly, in our text, Jesus, he sat by the well, right? And along comes the woman, who, by the way, she's got a mess in her life. She's spiritually thirsty. She's been going to men looking for satisfaction and refreshment. She comes to the well too, but she comes to the well working. She's got her water jar, she's going to fill it up. She's working to do that on her own. And if she doesn't stop and interact with Jesus, nothing changes in her life. If she doesn't stop and intentionally engage with the Lord, she goes home to her mess. But instead, she paused. She engages in a conversation with Jesus that stops her from working, stops her from filling her own jar, and it creates an opportunity for her to sit and stay in God's presence. And at the end of the conversation, we didn't read this part of the story, but this is really interesting. She left her water jar at the well. She left without it because she didn't need it anymore. She wasn't spiritually thirsty anymore. She had filled up in God's presence and that's what he does for us, too. He, Jesus, is our rest. It's found in him. Matthew 11:28 says, "Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest." So just to make this personal, recently I became a dad. Here's a picture of my son Judah, five months old. Oh my word. Oh! OK, take it down. It's too much of a distraction. Whew. It's five months old, Judah. I just wanna ask you, raise your hand if you're a parent, new or old, if you're a parent, (laughs) (laughs) I need to applaud you because to raise a human being or multiple and stay on track spiritually is so significant. So significant. Because for me, five months ago, everything changed. At least that's what it felt like. Like it felt like everything changed. And just being pretty vulnerable as a leader here in the church. My strategic rest with God over these last five months took a significant hit. Like, pre-baby, I loved my time with the Lord. It, filled, it, was, my, it was fuel for my soul. I loved it. But I found that the lack of sleep the loss of freedom in my schedule, the added responsibility of becoming a parent, it just pulled me out of a consistent time with God for a season. And the result was my life was dry. I was tired, worn down. I was quick to become angry. That wasn't normal. I I was quick to judge people, quick to defend my way. And I felt like at one point God's Come, came into my life again, and he said, hey, 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 come on, Andrew, come on back. I have what you need. And that's the invitation to all of us, all the time. Here it is in Mark 6, 31. This is Jesus talking to you. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So, from that, two questions to wrap up this point. Will I accept the invitation to sit with Jesus? Come with me. That's the invitation. Come with me. Will I accept that invitation? Second idea is where is my quiet place with Jesus? Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place. Where's your place away from the noise, away from the distractions, away from the busyness, away from all that extra stuff that fills our heads? Where's that quiet place for you to sit with Jesus? Personally, I had to address these questions a few months ago because my life was dry. That dryness wasn't going away on its own. So I made some adjustments. I reestablished my morning time with God before Judah wakes up. Made it a priority. Got to do that. When I get to work now, I pause. When I get home after work, I pause strategically for a minute. And I connect with the Lord. Just a quick connection. Now, you want an option for this for you personally? Here's some new things that we're doing here as a church. They're called open prayer and worship times. And there's three each week. Just a chance for you to come, sit with Jesus, and rest. Three times. Tuesdays, 6 a.m., Wednesdays, 5.30 p.m., Thursdays, 11 a.m. So there's an option for everybody. Make it work. Come rest with the Lord. Hit the pause button this week. So that's the first idea. The remedy for a dry life is to sit strategically. The second thought, the remedy for a dry life is to learn how to drink. It's not what you think, guys. Learn how to drink. John chapter 4, starting at 13, it says, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water, that's well water, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Drinks the water. It's a verb. It's an action. This is something that we can do. We have to actually drink the water So while getting strategically set up next to the water is an important part of the process, getting it in us is a necessary next step. We have to do this. And I I think that this is the step that many of us skimp out on. Many of us, we get close to the water, we set up, we come to church. But we don't get it in us. So let me give you a visual of this. I have a, a glass of water over here. It's a clean, refreshing Ah, so nice. Here's a glass of water, refreshing water. Man, all this talking up here. I'm thirsty, so thirsty. So like, obviously, we just established this. Me standing over here. I'm not. It's not getting in me from over here. I got to strategically set up next to the water, right? But here I am. I'm next to the water. I am still thirsty. I can only imagine in scripture, Bible times, there were thousands upon thousands of people who saw Jesus walk right in front of them. Like they were there next to the Lord and they said nothing and they did nothing and nothing changed. They didn't get him in. They were around him but nothing changed. They had to get it in us. So, so I got I to gotta interact with this in some way, right? So here, um, how do I? I got to engage with the water. Nope, I am still thirsty. That was more than I meant. Woo! Let me just move that over a little bit. It splashed me. It felt refreshing for a moment. But it's not in me. I have to get it in me. And I, I, I know this is kind of a silly illustration. But, like, I think sometimes we treat God like this water. Like the glass of water. Like, we wonder why we're, why we're still thirsty. I, every day, I... I get up in the morning, have my morning coffee and I sit in the same place on my couch with the side table right next to me. My Bible is sitting a foot away from me. And some days I don't even pick it up. That's me next to it. I'm not filled from that. Some days I pick it up and I'm flipping through. I read a chapter or two but I'm thinking about a meeting later in the afternoon. I'm thinking about the conversation I had with the person the other day. It's not filling me up. Sometimes I, I, make a, I, I pray about tired, half-hearted prayers, selfish, superficial needs kind of prayers. And so let me ask you this. Is getting in my Bible better than not getting in my Bible? Yeah. How about this? Is, is any prayer better than no prayer? Probably. But I'm just splashing in the water. I'm just getting some relief from like some of the water is getting on me, but it's not getting in me. It's not filling me up. And if I can press in here for a moment, we can have better days. We can have better lives, richer lives, and, but we're going to have to be serious about this time and connection with Jesus. It's got to be more than just I go to church on Sunday and then I go home. I learned 10 years ago that that doesn't work. That's not enough. I got to s- sit with him and fill up in his presence regularly. It's not just splashing around. That might offer the relief in the moment like, oh, that was a refreshing splash of water. But it doesn't fill me up and satisfy for the long haul. That only happens when I drink the living water, when I get it in me. When I drink the drink that Jesus offers me. So how do I do that? How do I drink living water? I've got four ideas. Four keys for drinking living water. Here's the first one. Be grateful. Be grateful. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. You've probably heard this verse before. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition... With thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, here's the result, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Will guard against what? It'll guard against what? It guards against unhealthy mindsets, the anger, the fear, really anything that the enemy might throw at us to dry up our lives, thanksgiving, gratitude will do that. Modern research actually shows that this is true. A positive psychology study showed that the expression of gratitude in our daily lives filters out negative thinking, promotes resilience to trauma and grief, it deepens our relational connection. Gratitude will keep our attention on what is right and what is good. And it positions us to see God's grace and his mercy in the dry areas of our lives. So be grateful. Second idea is to ask for help. Oh, this one's hard for some of us. Me. Ask for help. Psalm 40:17 says, "But as for me, I am poor and needy." Remember, that's us. We're poor and needy. May the Lord think of me. You are my help. You guys, we as a society have become too independent. Ask him for the living water. Don't try to get it yourself. Ask him for the living water. Ask him for help. And my guess is that many of the dry areas that we're thinking about for our own lives, my guess is most of those are connected to an area where we're, we've been trying to do it on our own. We're trying to fill our own wells with water. So ask him for help with that. Lay it at his feet. Our God, our, our need for God is actually a really good thing. Third idea. Third idea actively listen actively listen my most refreshing satisfying days are the ones when i listen for what god is saying to me sometimes we go to god with an agenda of what we expect and what we almost demand sometimes and then when if that thing when that thing doesn't happen that becomes our disappointing point in our lives the dry area in our lives instead We need to go to God and ask him for his agenda for us. God, what do you have for me today? Some days, his agenda for me is simple. Andrew, I just want you to know how much I love you. Fill up on that. That fills me. Some days, other days, he reminds me to be an encourager to somebody around me, to the people in my life, and that fills them. It goes for Bible time, too. When you get into your Bible, ask him, God, what do you want to show me in your word today? Last one. Keep drinking. Keep drinking. Many of us, well, some people, some people might complain that, you know, they did all this stuff. They, They spent time with Jesus, sat in his presence, they got gotten his word, they were grateful, they asked for help, all, they did all the stuff. But they're thirsty again. What well, in the world? It's simple. Drink again. Keep drinking. I'll tell you guys, you will never, you will never overindulge on Jesus. Try it. I dare you. Do it this week. Try to drink too much of Jesus. And then come back next week and tell me how it went. And I guarantee you'll say, I had the best week of my life. Take me up on that. Make drinking a lifestyle because an overflowing cup is actually a good thing. I'm going to end with a quick God story. Here's Braden Mackey. Here's a picture of Braden. Braden is an IUSB student. He uh, has been attending the young adult group here at the church, and he's currently wrapping up an internship with student ministries here. But a year ago, his life looked way different. Braden described himself as depressed and suicidal. He was living in obvious sin. He was dry, his life was dry. But he was thirsty enough to go looking for a drink. And, and so he, he got in the mix. He, he surrounded himself with spiritually healthy people. He was doing all this stuff, sitting with Jesus, and he drank deeply this year. And as I was talking to him the other day about the change that we've seen in his life, this is what he said. My life's been peaceful. I used to nonstop overthink everything, but I'm giving God my all now, challenging myself to grow more and more in him, even when I don't feel it, and I haven't been happier in my life until now. You guys, living water will do that to a person. So drink. Last question. How intentional am I about drinking? How intentional am I actually thinking about it? Am I going into it and doing it with intentionality? Do that this week. So to recap, the remedy for a dry life is to sit strategically and learn how to drink. Why don't you stand? I'm going to close with a prayer. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray you were impacted by this message.